Welcome to the Tales of Success podcast, a show about Labradors and achieving training success. Hello everyone, thanks for joining me again. In this episode, I'm joined by Sam Raggett, who is the resident Labrador nutrition expert here at Tales of Success. And we're going to focus this episode on kibble or dry dog food for your Labradors. We're going to look at the pros and cons of kibble feeding, what makes a good kibble and how to find out if the food that you're feeding your Labrador is really all it claims to be. We've also got a few questions that have come in from our Instagram followers, so Sam will be answering those as well. Sam, hello, how are you doing today? I'm good, thank you. Thanks for having me again. Pleasure as always. Um, Let's start off, we always like to start these with talking about dogs. So um, you've got Mabel and Dennis, what have they been up to this week? Uh, They've been having lots of fun because they've been going on walks together for the first time after Dennis's operation and recovery. So, yeah, they've been having some crazy times together. So it's been really good. Good. And just to explain uh, walks together. So those that have listened before will have heard the episode that we did talking about Dennis and elbow dysplasia. So you've had some good news in relation to that this last week, haven't you? Yes, really good news. So he started his labrella, um, must have been about 11 to 12 days ago now. Um, It was a 50-50 chance as to whether it would work or not. And uh, it appears that it it has. So, you know, it's which is brilliant news. So it took us a couple of days to actually accept that it had worked because we were there going, no, 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 I'm sure he's limping. No, no, no. But it had worked pretty much from the, the day after. So that's that's great news. And he can now go off the lead twice a week, which is something he's he's never done. So yeah, you should have seen the smiles yesterday when we took them over to the fields by us and he could run around with Mabel and they went in the brook and things. So, so yeah, it's just brilliant news. Amazing. Um, can't wait to, to see him bouncing around in his uh, happy self because I bet he's probably loving his new lease of life, pain-free life now. So that's really good news. Um, part of that will be what the vets have done, but I'm guessing, you know, food plays a big part and you're a big Labrador foodie in the sense that you know what works well for dogs, what helps them in recoveries and things like that. And I guess getting the right food is, has helped Dennis as well. Yes, very much so. So the vet has looked over everything that we've been doing and all the supplements we, we've given him. And he has said that it's, it's played like a huge part in his recovery. And that's why he is doing so well. So, yeah, food plays such a big part in, in every dog's life, whether they are suffering an injury or just growing or just being their normal selves. Yeah, perfect. Um, And for those people that see dog food as just kind of something we have to do two or three times a day to to keep our dogs functioning, there's way more to it than just filling a dog's tummy, isn't there? So why would you say it's so important to feed our dogs the right food? How is it going to help them with their everyday life? Well, you know, but they're just like humans. So if, we, if we're putting bad food into them, we're only going to get bad, bad results. Whereas if we put good food into them, then they're going to have really good physical health, 
really high energy levels and I know a lot of people be like oh my dog doesn't need any more energy levels but actually they may have the wrong type of energy so by giving them the right type of food it will be the right type of energy it will help them mentally and emotionally as well so it will make sure that their well-being is exactly where it should be and their behavior and their social understanding will be better as well um, the amount of dogs I know that have changed their food and their behavior has got so much better it's you know it's amazing it, it is just like a human if you fed them you know, processed food every single day the same thing you know it would have a bad effect and it's the same with with dogs yeah and I remember kind of when Smarties had all those additives in you know people used to joke about you know you wouldn't feed your kid loads of blue Smarties all the time and sometimes we do that with our dogs don't we we almost feed them blue Smarties by giving them something that looks like every other dog food but we don't really know what's in there and so many nasties that can cause crazy behavior in dogs. So definitely getting it right helps as far as behavioral issues, that's for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, there's loads of different food options out there. So we've got kibble, raw food, tin food, home cooked. But today I really want to look specifically at kibble or biscuits or dry food. In your opinion, what would you say are the biggest benefits of feeding a, a kibble-based diet to, to any dog? Well, you've obviously got the cost, you know, a lot of people can't afford um, really expensive raw di diets and things like that. So kibble, that where there is such a range of there, you can get one that suits your, your financial situation. Um, it is good for their, for their teeth. There's a lot of choice on the market. Um, it is a very convenient way of feeding your dog as well so you know if you are going out for the day or going on holiday it's something easy that can be taken with you and also if you are leaving the dog at home in a kennel or with a with a pet sitter you know a lot more of them will be a lot happier feeding kibble than they would be anything else and it's also a great way to target different stages of their life as well it takes the complexity away from yourself and you know you can buy the right food targeted for your for your dog so there's many pros of feeding your dog kibble i think for me the biggest kind of um benefit of kibble feeding i i kibble feed my two labradors is definitely convenience for for me because actually i know that it's very easy and quick to to give them their food and when i run out it's easy for me to replace it most retailers um, sell kibble of some sort as well so it's quite convenient in the sense you can always get hold of it quite easily whereas some of those other food types so raw food or home cooked food you've got to maybe be a little bit more prepared so that for me that's the biggest winner for kibble but everything that we think is good will also have a downside as well and there will be downsides to feeding a kibble diet so what in your opinion are the the negatives of a kibble diet well, with any any kind of food, you're always going to have like top end food and then bottom end food. So you've really got to know and understand your kibble. So there's so much variety out there. So you really have to know what each ingredient is and what it means. A lot of them use fillers and binders and preservatives. They use quite low quality ingredients. Um, there's a lot of misadvertising um, out there, um, which, you know, makes you think you'll get you're giving your dog your best but actually when you actually look at the ingredients and the nutritional value of them you're really not 
So, you know, you've, you've really got to think about it and, and get the best possible kibble for, for your dog. So yeah, there's, there's a, a minefield out there to make sure you avoid certain things. Yeah, because some people will see kibble and go, right, I can get a 15 kilo sack of kibble for 80 pounds, but I can go to the supermarket and get the same kibble or a similar kibble for 12 pounds. Yeah. They're vastly different, right, with what's in there. So we shouldn't just assume that kibble is kibble because the stuff that goes in it is different. And you mentioned about fillers and binders and things like that so for someone that doesn't really know much about kibble and what goes in it explain fillers and binders and why we need to be concerned about the the makeup of that kibble so when you look on the back of your um kibble packet it will have a list of ingredients so whatever ingredient is first that is the main ingredient in there so you may have bought um i don't know say chicken and duck gravy flavored but when you turn the bag over the the first ingredient may be rice so they've used the majority of the ingredients as rice to fill it out so that will help fill up your dog so they they will feel full i find that a lot with the the cheaper brands so they put these fillers in you'll need to use a lot more kibble to get the same kind of nutrition out of it um, so actually, it's not very cost effective. Yes, you may have only paid £12 a bag, but you may go through two bags a month, whereas you can get something a bit more expensive, but the quality of the ingredients in there is so much higher, you actually need to use less. So yeah, don't don't think, oh, it's a lot cheaper, so it's better, because it, it isn't always. And then you've also got to look at whether they use derivatives this is one of my biggest pet hate derivatives. People are going, oh, I'm just going to stop you there. So there's two things that you like talking about. One is dog poo and the other is derivatives in, in kibble. But yeah. that's because both are so important in the nutrition world because you can tell a lot from what goes into your dog that comes out of them. And I guess potentially the two could be linked. So for someone that doesn't know what derivatives is, go into as much detail as you can with that because I think people would be surprised. Yes. Yeah, so if you look on your packet and it says um, like a meat derivative, that basically means it can be any meat, any quality, any age, any part of the animal, and it will be used within that food. So, you know, it, it's, it's a word that is used by pet companies so that they don't have to always use a certain standard or a certain type of ingredient, it gives them flexibility. So you may think you're buying chicken flavored, but if it says meat derivative on the back, it can be any meat of any standard of any quality. So you really need to find something that doesn't have the word derivative on that actually lists the meat or lists the ingredients in their purest form, because that is legally what they would then have to put into the, into the food. Whereas if they use the word derivative, it literally can be anything at all. And that's pretty, pretty scary when you think about it like that. You think you're feeding a prime chicken meal to your dog and you might be one month, but the next month it could be a totally different makeup of that kibble. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. So, you know, if you do have a, jo a dog with allergies or intolerances, you know, you could buy the same food for three months and they can be actually, actually fine. And then the fourth month, 
they may start having all the signs again and you'll be like oh it maybe it's this maybe it's that but actually it is still the food because they you just don't realize they're having something that they shouldn't be be having it's an absolute minefield when you when you do have a dog that has an, an intolerance yeah i've got one dog he doesn't have intolerances as such but he does have a very sensitive tummy and we've noticed this on some kibbles that he's had throughout his life that consistency thing we'll go for months where everything's fine and then as soon as we open a new bag of exactly the same food, we seem to have an issue with his tummy. And that's probably, you know, thinking back, that was probably a derivative issue um, looking back at the particular brand we fed him then. Um, so people will listen to this podcast and go, OK, this is all great information, but how do I know that I'm giving the right type of food to my dog? So I'm going to start off with your personal opinion. So as a Labrador owner, and a nutritionist in your personal opinion who would you say are the standout winners for kibble um and why is that um well i do really like eden and um i do like origin as well if you look at the back of a an eden packet it lists absolutely everything in its purest form you know exactly what it is there's there's no words that you'd have to google to find out what it is because it's all natural food and and that's why I like them so much because there's nothing hidden there's no chemicals in there there's no preservatives in there it's it is what it says on the packet so that's what I would always say look for something like that it's got a really high nutritional value to it so you've got to look for the quality as well we always say we get asked a lot you know can you recommend what we should feed to our Labrador and I think it's, it's always going to be slightly different for every dog, every situation, but also for every budget, because there is, you know, differences of, of what you can get for your budget. So I would always say to people to get the best quality food that you can afford, because that is a big consideration. So, Sam, for people that have got differing budgets, but they still want to feed their dog the most amazing kibble that they can physically afford, where can they go to find out a bit more about the kibble that they're currently feeding to see how good or bad it is and maybe find something a little bit different? So there's a website, isn't there, that we recommend to people? Yeah, so it's called All About Dog Food. Um, if you go on there, there's two different ways you can look for food. So the first way is you can put the brand of food in that you actually have and then it will come up with um, all the ingredients that's inside it and the actual nutritional value that it will have for your dog. It also color codes all the ingredients as well. So you want to avoid um, any food that has a red ingredient or an amber ingredient in it. Um, but you can also, if you want to change your kibble, um, you can also put your dog's age in and weight and everything. And then it will also find you food and it will do it in nutritional order. So then you can work out which one you can afford because it will give you a rough guide of how much it would cost you each day so yeah it, it is a really good website so but just bear in mind the bag initially may be more expensive to buy but it will probably last you a lot longer than say one of the ones that are lower down the list that may only have like 21 percent health you might have to use a lot more of that bag straight away rather than you it's know interesting you say that actually I did have a conversation with a puppy owner not too long ago about the physical amount that they were having to feed their dog um 
I won't name the brand that they were using, but what I would say is it wouldn't be on our sort of top five of ones that we would recommend. And they just felt they were having to put so much food inside this dog to, to get it what it needed. It, it was physically unable to carry on eating. Um, and that's because the quality of the kibble was just, it was pretty rubbish, to be honest. So we recommended they move to a higher quality kibble. Yes, it cost them more in the short term, but long term, um, it meant they had to feed a lot less. The puppy was a little bit happier because they weren't overwhelmed with food and they were getting much better nutrients. So I just reiterate what Sam said. Don't look just at the actual cost to start with. Think about how long it's going to last you as well, because often the, the higher priced products can last longer, can't they? Yes, definitely. I mean, the food that Mabel came on, her bowl was literally almost overflowing with the quantities that we had to put in. And then when we moved her across to the, the kibble that we chose, there wasn't half as much in there, but it's so much better quality that, you know, it's, you don't mind doing that because, you know, you, you think, oh, it's a big payout, but it actually, it's, it's not in the long run. Yeah. Um, I think every dog is unique. You know, when we train dogs, we always say this, we treat every dog as a unique individual because they all have their own quirks. They're all special in their own ways and they need different things. The same goes for food, right? We shouldn't just say to people, you need to feed your dog on Eden, Origin, Wag, whatever it might be. We would never say you've got to just feed that because every dog is different. And one of your dogs has intolerances. Yeah. So... Other than looking at this website, is there anything else really that people should consider? You know, is it important to, to check the, um, the ingredients that are in there? Should people always go for chicken? Should people always go for beef? What do we need to think about, about sort of flavors of food? Well, I mean, I change the main protein for my dogs quite a lot because if they stick to the same protein, then you know, it, they can then build up an allergy or an intolerance. So I'm not saying change the brand of food, but you can change the, the flavor of food. Um, so then they get the different proteins. So at the moment, my two are on the fish cuisine with Eden. So it's mainly fish. Oh, that's why it's called fish cuisine. Um, but then you can move on to other flavors. So then you have a different protein in. So I do mix and, and match quite a bit just so that they've got a variety of, of different proteins and, and different nutrition. So, I mean, you can buy the best um, kibble in the world, but you're always going to have to add little bits to it, like supplements. And, you know, I always add a bit of fresh fruit and veg to my, my dog's diet, just so you can get a wide variety of nutrition. Perfect. And I said a little bit earlier on that I feed my dog's kibble um it works for me it works for my dogs particularly the one with a sensitive tummy um for transparency you know who do you who do you use to feed your dogs do you use kibble do you use raw do you use home cooked a bit of both um and who is your go-to brand for for kibble or biscuit based food yes yeah, so both of mine are on mainly kibble so they're both on Eden um, but I do a lot of home cooked as well and they do have a little bit of raw in so I do take a bit of of every diet really and and add it all together but yeah Eden is the one that I I do recommend a lot and both of mine use so I wouldn't recommend something if I hadn't 
had experience with it so and they both really like Eden <laughs> and um looking at that all about um food dog food website um Eden is actually right up there isn't it um I'm just looking at the moment so that's it's definitely got a a green mark all around it so that's that's a good one that would be recommended through that website as well um, I want to just go on to some questions that we've had in, which I think will be relevant for a lot of people listening to this, actually. So I'm going to go through the questions that came in from our Instagram followers. And the first one is, can we recommend a particular food for puppies? Um, well, Dennis actually had Eden puppy, which was really, really good. So I would highly recommend that. Um, I also recommend the Origin puppy as well, because they're both really up there. So, yeah, I just really Google it, really research it and make sure that you're giving your dog the highest nutrition you, you possibly can, because as a puppy, that is the most important stage of their life. So you need to make sure that they've got high quality ingredients so that they've they've got the best chance of growing the best way and the healthiest way okay so check that all about dog food website make sure that it fits your budget and um you you personally recommended eden that's what you you fed dennis on and found great success there so hopefully that helps for that question and very similar question here best kibble for adult labradors Right. So, yeah. So Mabel is on Eden. So, yeah, that's that's actually worked out really well. For... I'd just like to say at this point, this podcast is not sponsored by Eden. This is just no. really on personal recommendation. Um, that's why we're talking about Eden so much. Yeah. So um, quite a lot of people know how poorly Mabel was when she was a puppy. Um, it turned out that she had quite a nasty uh, rice intolerance. So, before we knew that she actually went through quite a lot of different food brands so I have tried quite a few um Eden is the one that we settled on because Mabel just went from strength to strength with that one and like I said before the clarity on the ingredients is is what I really love about it we know exactly what Mabel's having so we know that there's no ingredient in there that she she can't have which you know is so valuable to us Great stuff. And um, as, again, a similar question to the other two, but this person wants to know when and how to transition from puppy to adult kibble. So that's always based on each individual dog. So you need to look at it around 12 months old. When your dog you think is, is slowed down, is not growing anymore, and the energy levels do start to change slightly. So, you know, Dennis was probably around 10 to 11 months, whereas Mabel was a little bit older. So if you're staying with the same brand, you just need to buy the next stage up. You might slowly put a bit in, but it's it's not really that much of a, an issue transitioning. The only time is that it can be an issue is if you are changing brand of dog food. So then you would need to do a transition program where you slowly change the food over. You can't just stop one brand and then start the next one the next day. It will send their stomach into complete turmoil and you'll certainly know about it both ends. And, you know, the poor, poor dog will have so many tummy issues. It needs to be a slow process. Um, a lot of people say it can be done in seven days. I never recommend seven days. It usually takes more like 10 to 14 days. 
dogs with sensitive tummies, it may take a lot longer. So as you said earlier, I do love talking about poo. So I always recommend making sure that their poo is firm and healthy before you move on to the next level of the transition. There's no point moving on if they've still got a bit of loose, loose poo. So yeah, watch their poo when you're transitioning. And we have another question again about kibble. That's what we're talking about. But this person has a 15 week old Labrador puppy and that puppy's kibble is soaked in water. And that's what they're advised to do by the breeder. When should they stop soaking that kibble? They may never stop. It depends on your dog. So the reason you um, soak it is it brings out the smells and the flavours as well. So it makes the dog want to eat it. And obviously it makes it a little bit softer. It's all about texture. Your dog may never like hard kibble. It may always want soft kibble. It may just stop one day and that's that's absolutely fine. So if you do want to stop adding the water, what I would recommend is adding slightly less over time uh, for shorter periods so it doesn't actually have the time to soften and see if they like it. If they don't, it may just be that they'll always have it. You don't always have to soak it in, in water. You can soak it in, in bone broth or goat's milk and things like that to give it a bit of variety. But some dogs may never like the texture of hard kibble. And rather than just thinking, right, we need to transition away from kibble onto, I don't know, tinned food or something, it's okay to soak it, isn't it? It's absolutely fine. It's whatever yeah. works for you and your dog. It's It doesn't need to be a, a solid kibble if you want soft. That's perfectly okay. It's not going to affect the, the goodness in that food. No, not at all, no. And I've got another question, less about food, but it, it relates quite well. And the person is asking, do you add oil to your kibble to make your dog's coat glossy? Um, this person's vet has actually recommended corn oil. So do we need to add stuff? And is corn oil something that is naturally added to some kibbles? Is it beneficial or would you recommend a different type of oil? Um, as I said earlier, you've always got to add certain things into any diet that you'd have whether it be kibble or raw you you should always be adding in supplements and other things so um i uh, i add in flaxseed oil to my dogs because dogs can't actually um produce omega-3 and 6 themselves so you do have to add that in to their diet when it comes to corn oil it will make them very glossy it will make them very shiny but the nutrition behind it would be very very limited whereas if you added something in like the flaxseed oil or say salmon oil there's a lot of nutritional benefit behind that as well it helps with joints it helps with digestion it helps with brain function and it will give them a shiny coat because they will be healthier not just giving them a shiny coat you know you, you've got to think of what's inside as well as outside just because a dog has a shiny coat doesn't necessarily mean that what's going on inside is healthy so personally I would avoid corn oil yeah absolutely um we spoke earlier on actually about um some brands putting lots of oil in their food to give that appearance of healthy coat yeah is that just to try and deceive us a little bit 
Uh, yeah, it's a it's a really good way of getting people to you know buy their food. I mean, you can talk to people and they go, oh yeah, I'm on such and such. Look how glossy their coat is, and you're like, yeah, it's it's really nice and shiny. But you know, look at my dog's coat; it's really shiny. But I also know what's going on inside is is really good as well. So yeah, it, it can be a sales tactic for some people. You know, if the nutrition isn't there, then you know. They have to add things in to make their dog look healthy. Yeah. So it looks good on the outside, not necessarily the best inside. Um, okay. Really good um, things to think about there. Um, thank you very much for, for kind of the advice that you've given us today. And we've ended up speaking about Eden quite a lot. And that's not actually intentional, but that seems to be the common theme here. I know it's what you use and, and I've used as well. Um, is there anywhere where people can go to to try Eden? I know you've got a link, actually. Um, do you want to share that with us just so people, if they want to try Eden, can um, can check that out? Yeah, I mean, they've got an amazing website. It's a, they've just changed it all. So there's a lot of information on there. So there's no, there's no hidden bits about it. So when you go onto their website, you can have a look at all the ingredients, how much is in each thing and everything. So it is a really good website. Um, we do have a code of... Dennis 10 we don't get anything for that but it does save you some some money as well so yeah if if you do want to have a look at Eden and you want to try it then definitely use the code Dennis 10 and I don't think you'll be disappointed good great stuff thank you so much we've got more of these food and nutrition webinars planned in the near future with you Sam where we can talk about anything else food and nutrition related whether it's raw food um supplements and stuff like that we've already done one on supplements and additives so you can check that out on one of the other episodes um, and if you want to keep up to date with the other episodes that are coming out on food and nutrition just make sure that you subscribe and also leave us a little review in the podcast store and that means that you'll stay up to date with when they're released and i will see you all again on the next episode which will be next week Thanks for joining us. We hope that has been useful to you. But from me, all I want to finish off by saying is be caring, be consistent and be your Labrador's best teacher. I'll catch you on the next episode.